there are several. I mean, being a working athlete is a huge challenge in itself. You have your family first of all that you're supposed you have to you know pay attention to and give them adequate time and attention as far as possible. You have your uh, profession, and then you have your sport, which is your passion. Right. So. giving adequate time to all the three baskets and balancing out all of them is not an easy challenge at all we here to do something and we have to do our best and it doesn't matter what the outcome is but we have to give it our all yeah. and i think there's a huge connect there and i think one draws inspiration from the other you know cycling draws inspiration from neurosurgery and neurosurgery draws inspiration from cycling so they kind of feed off each other and it's a great uh, synergy between the two really. I am Baiki Venki and this is the Working Athlete podcast Here we talk to athletes from all walks of life and experts from various sports to provide you with inspiration, training tips, time management and lifestyle advice. Today we are going to talk to Dr. Arvind Bateja. He is a gold medalist with MS in general surgery and MCH in neurosurgery. He has over 25 years of experience and has overseen over 5000 surgeries. He is also one of the best master cyclists in the country. Let's talk to him and find out how he does it all. Welcome to the Working Athlete podcast. You are my first guest. I'm really honored to have you here. Skipper, uh, let's start from the kind of origin story so to speak right uh, you have been uh, a doctor for about 25 years now yeah i started my i started my clinical practice in neurosurgery in 2003 right i graduated from undergraduate medicine in 1995 okay okay so before sorry okay so how did this cycling thing happen well um i used to dabble a little bit in cycling when i was in school and when i say dabble it was mostly for commuting from school to home mm-hmm. and i did enjoy using a bike to commute okay. um i in fact had uh, i remember in high school i had a chinese made uh, geared bike called flying pigeon oh. which i bought in hand from yeah. a classmate and uh, when i joined medical college very sadly i had to let that go um mainly because college was too far away for me to commute and it was also the work schedule was a bit too hectic and at that time cycling and commuting by cycling were things which were very unheard of or unknown to me mm-hmm. sorry so that was my first sort of foray into cycling so to speak and then i got busy and hectic with you know undergraduate education exams and somewhere uh, towards the end of my undergraduate education i got married mm-hmm. and then uh, post graduation had kids and 
Right. By the time I knew it, it was 2003. I was in the middle, 2002, I was actually in the middle of my neurosurgery final exams, which is probably one of the, is probably the toughest exams, set of exams I've ever given. Uh-huh. And it was so intense and so stressful that um, the day I graduated, I stood on the weighing scale and I hit the magic number of 90 kilograms. Wow. 90. Yeah, this was, in... this was in 2002, August. Okay. My eyes literally popped out and I said, this is crazy. I mean, this is no way to live and be. And right. at that point, I decided that I need to do something. And the easiest thing that I could think of was going to the Bangalore Club gym, which was very close by and using the treadmill. Mm-hmm. And I started off... Um, lost weight by 2000 and I did quite a bit of running on the treadmill almost five, six days a week, uh, sometimes even up to an hour, hour and a half, two hours on the treadmill. Wow. And uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit, got into shape a little bit. Weight came down from 90 to about 75 by mm-hmm. the year 2008. And then in 2008, um, Meanwhile, I started working. So 2003 onwards, I entered private practice. I was working initially in Osmat, then in Narayana. And then I broke off and started working at my mom's hospital. Sita uh, hospital. That's right. So 2008, yeah. December, we were on a family holiday. And it was, we, were, we had a layover at the Suvarnabhumi airport in Bangkok. And I happened to pick up this magazine called Runner's World All right. and in that about these amazing uh, athletes who were doing ultra marathons and full marathons and since it was December and I usually make a new year resolution list which I try to keep up with um, I added uh, the Auroville half marathon in February to my list so that is February 2009 yeah. So okay. December 20, 2008 is when I made that list and I got the running training plan to train for a half marathon from the Runners World website. Okay. So came back to Bangalore after the holiday in Jan and hit Coven Park. And unfortunately, my knees gave way by, uh, by early, by I think mid or yeah, late Jan. And okay. then I had to, I was forced to get off. Um, I mean, forced to stop running because my MRI showed some injuries to my meniscus. And that's when I was chatting with our mutual good friend, Dr. Deepak Rao. All right. Yeah. So he told me that uh, he recently bought a nice bike and uh, he put me on to bums on the saddle and wheel sports. So I remember going to uh, those days, Bots used to work only on the weekends from their terrace um, in Jayanagar. That's correct. Wheel sports was open throughout the week. So I did try to go to bots, but somehow the timing didn't work out. And I finally ended up in wheel sports on the 14th of Feb, which is Valentine's Day, as we all know. All right. <clears throat> and uh, in about 20 minutes, I walked out with a Merida mountain bike. Okay. New love. Yeah. <laughs> right. 
So when I when I test rode that bike very near Wheel Sports and that time it was in JP Nagar, mm. it felt amazing. It was buttery smooth compared to all the other bikes I had ridden up until then. The shifting was amazing. It felt like something like it felt like graduating from a auto rickshaw to a BMW. Okay, so it was much better than your uh, flying pigeon. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. So that's how you got into cycling, through uh, yeah. be- because you got injured while uh, uh, trying to run your first half marathon, probably due to uh, ramping up too soon. Probably. Yeah. It must have been that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, and a new inju- uh, knee injury got you uh, to look towards cycling uh, through a friend's recommendation, uh, Deepak Rao's. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. So how how were those how were those uh, initial years uh, in cycling? Well, I was uh, Deepak Rao was the mentor at that time, and right. uh, things like you know what kind of uh, like cycling gear to get, what jersey, bib shorts, gloves, right. lights, and uh, Garmin and everything. He was the one who was my go-to man for all that. Yeah, and I think there were four of us. There was Deepak Rao. Murthy, who's our teammate, yeah. and another guy called Karthik. We used to all ride together on the weekdays and weekends. Okay. So we used to meet at the now infamous uh, Carlton Towers, which had the TGI Friday restaurant. Uh-huh. And that was a meeting point, 5.45 a.m. every morning. Okay. And then we would go down the old airport road, outer ring road. Sometimes we would go all the way to Barthur, go to Sarjapur. And... Uh, most days I would be home by 7.30 or 7.45 in the morning and then go to work. And that became an addiction because, you know, uh, those rides were amazing. Bangalore was a truly different city in those days. Yeah. And um, the weight came down massively mm-hmm. and my knees didn't hurt. So it was all great. Excellent. So you were riding on the outer ring road. Uh, yeah, so the Marathali Outer Ring Road. The Marathali Outer Ring Road. I, yeah. we, I think we can't imagine doing that uh, now, right? With Absolutely. The, yeah, the, the stop at some point when they started uh, constructing those uh, flyovers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. So, you had these uh, friends um, and you know that got you into the regular uh, habit of cycling. How many days per week were you cycling at that time? Probably about four to five days a week. Okay. And uh, so around this time, you also got into triathlon, right? So before all that happened, uh, I somehow some at some point I got introduced to uh, Siva. And Arun Katyar. Uh-huh. And uh, then I think sometime in April of 2009, um, Deepak said, we're going to do a 100-kilometer ride. Okay. And in the meantime, Deepak had got a road bike. And so he, he was obviously way faster than the rest of us. And okay. um, that didn't go down very well with me. So... <laughs> I went back to wheel sports and I said, uh, uh, you know, I need to get a road bike. And um, I think it was early April 
and Venki said, oh, there's a nice new uh, Merida 905 just came in with Altigra group set, full okay. Altigra and all that. So I said, okay, um, how much does it cost? So he said it costs 76,000. My eyes like fell out of my sockets. Um, I said, okay, uh, I'll think about it. But Venki said, no, no, just take it and go and ride and see whether you like it. And if you like it, then you can pay me for it. Yeah, Venki so, being Venki. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I took that bike and then on the 10th of April, we all met again at uh, TGI Fridays. And then we went down to Whitefield where we met with Shiva and Arun and all these, his team of people. And then we rode uh, through Shiva's road um, all the way to Nandi turn off and back, wow. which then became my first uh, 100 kilometer ride. Wow. So the first ride on the new bike was a hundred kilometer ride. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Quite a debate. Yeah. Could have turned out really bad, but the bike was comfortable and I enjoyed it. Yeah, and, and I was you, able to keep them. You have been riding uh, on your MTB uh, regularly on, yeah. at that time. Yeah. Okay. And uh, that's when I heard about uh, TFN and all that. So that became my next cycling goal because I met Shiva and Shiva was talking about doing TFN that year and Arun also was involved uh, very intimately with TFN that year. So 2008 was when you started cycling. 2008, 2008 was when uh, TFN also started and you... I got... started in 2008 but uh, yeah, TFN started in 2008. So you start you you started cycling in two thousand nine, yeah. Okay, and uh, immediately by April you got introduced to TFN. Correct. And that became your new goal. Okay, That's tell me tell me how did that um, you know training for that uh, you know go? So it was long, long rides on the road bike and uh, basically with Deepak and Murthy and all these guys and. Uh, met Arun and then oh one, yeah then I, I got introduced to Ravi Ranjan one day oh. and uh, we were riding on outer ring road so Deepak decided that you know we're very poor at uh, riding in pace lines so he said I know Ravi and I'm going to call him because he's a he's an experienced cyclist and he's going to show us how to ride in a pace line on the outer ring road yeah so <laughs> Ravi was conducting a class for us you know how to ride one behind the other, how to signal to the rider behind you that your turn is done and you're going back and which way to pull off and uh, how oh. to feather your brakes and all that stuff, right? Okay. So on the way back from that ride, Ravi was chatting with me and uh, he was saying, you know, we're having an issue with finding a medical partner for TFN and for this year. <laughs> and Ravi being the one of the founders of TFN. That's right. right. Yes. I said, you know, Ravi, uh, I happen to be associated with the hospital. Maybe I can help. So he said, yeah, you think you can? I said, yeah, we don't have an ambulance. Um, but I'm sure we can source one and we can get one and we can do what needs to be done. I can even speak to uh, uh, the physiotherapy center that's associated with us to help out with the physio. So I said, let me talk about it and get back to you. And then I went back to work and I talked to Dr. Dan Dananjay, who heads Spectrum Physio. And I spoke to uh, other people in the hospital and said, guys, can we do this? And I said, sure, let's try. And that's how the association with... So then there was no backing out of TFN, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> I sort of sealed my fate on that ride. 
and then I started, yeah, riding with Ravi and a whole bunch of other guys and doing longer rides. And then we did the Bhimeshwari uh, ride with which Yogesh Rao organized. We did Ancheti. We did all these long rides. Murti was also there on most of them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that sort of that training happened, and we gradually got better and better at uh, doing the long distances, understanding, you know, your interaction man to machine and nutrition hydration etc okay so these uh, long rides uh, for, to bhimeshwari anchetti so h- how many of you guys were uh, doing these well, big numbers i think uh, bhimeshwari was close to like 50 people wow uh, yeah anchetti was probably like at least 30 40 people wow but before that there was an interesting story about uh, our first try up Nandi. Uh-huh. Sometime in March, before I got the road bike, um, Murthy and Deepak decided that we must try and go and climb Nandi. Okay. And um, of course, I had never even, I've been Nandi when I was a student uh, in a car, but I hadn't even dreamt of uh, riding up Nandi one day. And uh, so Deepak made this elaborate plan and then we went to the bots uh, website which had a page dedicated to how to prepare to do your first Nandi climb. And it also had the wall of fame. Yeah, this was pre-Strava days, right, for us. And yeah. um, it was, uh, Bots was maintaining this list of That's right. you know, the Nandi timings. Right. Awesome. Yeah, go ahead. So it was like, I don't even think I can do this. And... Uh, Deepak said, let's start at uh, Hebal and I know someone who works in Columbia, Asia and Hebal and we can park our cars in the basement there and then we can ride all the way to Nandi and come back. I okay, maybe I can do it, maybe I can't. So I prepared the night before, I prepared my hydration, I had a backpack with all my hydration in it. Uh, <laughs> I'm just laughing because I'm comparing it to how we do Nandi nowadays. Right? <laughs> I know. we started off at uh, bright and early at 5 30 and we took multiple stops obviously so we stopped at the turn off Mm -hmm. then we stopped at the t-junction where we ate breakfast because we were too tired by then right and then we finally reached the base uh, and i can't even remember how many times on the climb i stopped and um yeah but we managed and deepak was even more hilarious because he had a road bike uh-huh. with clipless uh, uh-huh. pedals uh-huh. but he was so afraid that he would slow down so much on the climb that he was afraid to even clip in <laughs> <laughs> I think he rode on clipless pedals without clipping in on the whole climb <laughs> that must be even harder <laughs> yeah So, but we managed we reached the top uh-huh. uh, got pictures unfortunately I don't think I have any of those pictures right. Um and then we rode back, but the ride back was insanely hard. It was hot and we were so tired. Yeah. I came back home at something um, like 2 p.m. in the afternoon okay. after having started at 6 a.m. And I just slept till the next morning. I was so exhausted. <laughs> so from 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. from home? I think we started at 6 a.m. and I reached... Uh, we started the ride at 6 a.m. Probably reached back at about 1 p.m. Okay. Yeah. 
still a, a kind of a half day hike right oh yeah it was insane hmm <laughs> anyway coming back to uh, preparing for tfn 2009 so finally tfn happened and uh, that that's when i met the real cycling paparazzi and the who's who like rajesh nair and there was gaurav and a lot of other wonderful people right so 2009 uh, that is your first tfn and that's when you met rajesh nair and, and um, gaurav advivedi the rocket yeah yeah okay, as we call him and um, so these guys were also uh, taking part in uh, tfn that year yeah okay okay so you were training uh, along with those guys gaurav uh, yeah gaurav used to ride with us on outer ring road sometimes right and uh, so he also signed up for tfn shiva was obviously there ravi ranjan was there mm-hmm. um murthy was there whole bunch of known okay. faces and a lot of unknown ones as well okay so how how did that tfn that year go for you so i think yeah the like like any other first time at a tfn the first one or two days feels amazing yeah uh, it's only when the third and the fourth day the fatigue the cumulative fatigue of the tour starts hitting you is when you know things get more and more difficult yeah yeah i remember by by so day 1 was bangalore mysore mm-hmm. uh not too bad it was wasn't the longer route and uh, also i remember we didn't have any really we didn't have any competitive section so it was just riding uh, without although lot of us made it a race you know um, yeah. who would get to the hotel first kind of race <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah and it was rajesh gaurav and me who would ride together most of the time yeah and uh, Yeah, so Bangalore Mysore was all right. Then the next day was Mysore Hassan. That was also fine. Mm-hmm. But I think the day four and day five when we entered Kerala, those were really hard because it was hot, getting yeah. hotter. Yeah. Um, so people, for some reason, weren't very hospitable. So we would have all these comments being passed on, you know, various things about us, and um, that's when you start feeling the fatigue of a seven-day. right because until then, yeah until then you were training maybe uh, at max back to back long rides in the weekend but not like 3 4 days continuous exactly exactly so, yeah and awesome. then we had the i think the crowning glory was the climb um up to uti but not via kalahati yeah okay it was a 25 km long climb and yeah managed to get up there <laughs> that must have been uh, really uh, satisfying to make it up yeah, there it was, i mean riding the tour was just amazing uh, for a variety of reasons because it it tests you yeah as person both mentally and physically and it also creates some of the best friendships uh, of your life absolutely and unforgettable stories yeah absolutely so how how many do you remember how many uh, riders were there uh, that year i think about about 70 70 riders that year 70 yeah yeah 
Awesome. And then of course we had the medical support from the hospital, the physio support from Spectrum. Right. So it felt it felt like home and family. It didn't feel you know strange or foreign in any way. Awesome. So uh, 2000 that was 2009. Did you do uh, TFN in 2010 as well? No, we I didn't do 2010. But you came back in 2011 though. That's right. Right, uh, because I remember because that was my uh, first tour, and yeah. um, I, you know I was uh, riding with you guys. Um, I remember uh, meeting you guys. I came to Bangalore in 2010, and um, uh, when I signed up for uh, TFN in 2011, I uh, I only started cycling uh, regularly. I know, training for TFN in June 2011, I think, because that that was when my entry for TFN got uh, approved and I started riding. And I would see you guys um, uh, going past on Shiva's road, like, uh, you know, trace of bullet. And I was like, who are these guys? <laughs> and I was like, Amazing! I was so so inspired by the by you guys, uh, you uh, Mohan, Raviranjan, um, uh, GD, Gauro, yeah. and you you guys used to fly by like uh, on no one's business, and I was like uh, I was just getting into I think I was barely managing twenty five kmph or something like that. But I was uh, that it was around that time I started um, uh, being more than a, a weekend warrior because I I was shit scared that I was going to uh, have it uh, in TFN um, and I was so scared of uh, the whole thing that I started riding five six days a week and slowly I think by the time um, TFN came around like by around november i was able to uh, hang on to you guys like you know at <laughs> at the back of it and uh, because you were riding a fixie yeah yeah the, the, that was <laughs> that was the bike the bulldog that i was yeah. riding on and um, i remember you guys you guys used to uh, you know do really chatty rides uh, you know on your chatty rides was where i was able to hang on uh, huffing and puffing uh, yeah. around august and stuff and that kind of got better uh, as we got closer to um, tfn and i remember joining you guys for uh, nandi when rajesh was here and uh, oh what an experience and we had I, a photo shoot we had a photo shoot that year i think on nandi yeah, before pre yeah yeah i, I mean uh, rajesh predicted that i would uh, get a, a pb on nandi i didn't believe him but uh, i think i did um, he, uh, i think that that was when i went sub 30 on uh, nandi on the bulldog on the bulldog yeah I think but, there are not not many uh, cyclists uh, who've climbed Nandi on a fixie, right? You must be one of the only ones. No, no, quite. I mean, yeah, I think some people have managed. I think, uh, but at that time, maybe maybe it was me, and uh, I don't know. <laughs> but it was quite an experience, yeah, remembering. And 
what struck me uh, with the experience of TFN uh, was uh, the whole medical support. And um, I remember in TFN uh, on day four or five, uh, you remember Vinit Katarki? Yeah. So he crashed and um, he, he was my training partner uh, uh, leading up to uh, TFN. And uh, right. we, were, we were riding together and stuff. And uh, he went down on a downhill. And you came by and uh, uh, you stopped. Ambulance was already uh, there by that time. You stopped, you put your cycle uh, uh, you know, against the ambulance, I think. And uh, the helmet was still on and you, you, you uh, got onto the, got into the ambulance and uh, started uh, stitching Vinita. Uh, and I, I, that picture was so amazing for me to, you know, I still remember, man, is he, is he for real? Is he a Superman <laughs> or something? <laughs> he rides like crazy and he he does this uh, you know mid ride and you know pe uh, stitching people up on the go i was really uh, amazed yeah. <laughs> i remember that pretty vividly i think it was uh, downhill before madikeri yeah and uh, yeah they stopped me saying somebody had a fall and his scalp was split open yeah. so i took off my lighting gloves wore my surgical gloves Sujured him and then I said, okay, I have to get back and finish the stage. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> amazing, amazing. That was that was really good. Hmm. So coming back to um, the triathlon, right? Right. So when did that happen? So 2009 TFN is when I heard about uh, Ironman and triathlons for the first time. Mm -hmm. And that piqued my interest. So I started Googling and looking at what it involves. And of course, at that time, a full Ironman seemed crazy to even attempt. Right. So I said, let me at least try and look at doing a half Ironman. I got introduced to this guy called Matt Barrett, um, who had done the Singapore half Ironman. And then he gave me a little insight into how to train for a triathlon. So in 2010, I spoke to a few people, including our teammate Manjula, another TFN, Aditya Pisupati, yeah. and a couple of other people. And then we signed up for the Singapore Half Ironman in 2011. So we started training in 2010. So sometime in June 2010 is when it all sort of came together. Okay. And it was, the training was really intense. So that's, I was doing two workouts a week, maybe five or six days a week um with work so it'll be a morning uh run or a bike ride followed by a full day of work then the evening swim workouts and i was technically my swimming was horrible yeah so unlearn a lot of wrong stuff and learn a lot of right stuff and that was a painful process mm -hmm. uh, and finally um managed to get some fairly decent swimming technique and was able to do the 1.9 kilometers in the pool in about uh, 50 minutes, okay. which is not great, but uh, still under one hour, which was enough for me. And then we used to meet uh, once a month at the old Bangalore resort on the Hyderabad highway. 
who kindly offered to open their pool for us at six o'clock in the morning. Okay. So we would all meet there and do the uh, 1.9 kilometers in the pool and then take our bikes and ride down Hyderabad Highway for 90 kilometers and then come back and do the run. So in March 2011, the half Ironman happened and uh, it wasn't pretty. <laughs> but I managed to finish before the cutoff, which yeah. is what counts. And I think of the six of us who signed up, uh, four of us managed to finish within the cutoff. Okay. We had to pull out because of illness or whatever issues. So it was four of us who finished. Awesome. Awesome. Including Manjula, who was who learned swimming in 2010. Oh, wow. Wow. So <clears throat> how was that experience? So the swimming was, uh, well, one thing is, uh, you know, a triathlon is something that was very new to all of us. Right. Especially a triathlon of even a moderate size like the Singapore half. Uh, what somehow you never prepare for when you're swimming is to swim with 350 other athletes. Right. And everybody trying to get ahead of everyone else. It's, it's insane. It's absolutely chaotic to say it, the least. It's like a being in a washing machine or something. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> and um, you jump into the water with 350 other people. Um, some of whom are not very accomplished swimmers, some of whom are brilliantly accomplished swimmers, some are doing the freestyle, some are doing the backstroke, I don't know what they were doing, <laughs> but it was crazy. And the Singapore water was not easy to swim in, uh -huh. because it was obviously open water exposure was very little up, at, up until that point. We did do a boot camp with Matt in Chennai one weekend, Okay, uh, but it doesn't sort of train you enough for this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, you have the markings, the lane markings, so you do two loops of that and the water is not clear. So sighting is impossible, unlike a pool where you can see the, the lane marking on the floor of the pool. Here you can see absolutely nothing. Right. Um, then the salt water entering every, you know, your nose, your eyes and everything. There were jellyfish in the water that were stinging us when Ooh, we were wow. swimming. Um, and then, of course, the challenge of being kicked and elbowed by other athletes uh, who are trying to get past you or through you. And I got into a group which was doing a, a fairly decent pace. But unfortunately, the leader of that group took us off course. <laughs> yeah. I remember a race marshal uh, coming up next to us on a jet ski. And uh, he said, uh, which, way do you, which way do you guys think you're going? So he said, we're heading down the course. And he said, uh, you're heading towards Thailand, actually. So I said, <laughs> Do you have Thailand visa? <laughs> right. so got back on course, ended up swimming something like 2.2 kilometers instead of 1.9. Uh -huh. uh, managed to cut off and all that. But yeah, that, and Singapore is, you know, weather is difficult, very different from Bangalore. Very humid, uh, right? Yeah, very humid. And, yeah. But it was still fun. We met, mm -hmm. we saw a lot of amazing athletes, including some uh, physically not so able athletes mm -hmm. completing triathlon. That was very, very inspirational. Okay. I saw a couple of uh, paraplegics uh, do the swim, which is, it's, it's amazing to watch paraplegics swim because it's, it's mind blowing. Their willpower is just unbelievable. Wow. 
so how, how do they swim uh, paraplegics so do they they are carried up to the water and okay. then once they're in the water then they just use their hands or their upper limbs to propel themselves wow just wow. incredible i mean we saw this so there there are waves right based on age group mm-hmm. and the um, elite and the uh, physically disabled swimmers leave first okay and able to actually stand by the side and watch them you know start their swims it was just mind blowing wow and then once they finish the swim they have to be carried and then they put on their special bikes bikes their hands to propel their their bikes so they pedal with their hands or they and then the run is with the wheelchair that they push with their hands correct wow <laughs> inspirational to say the yeah. least so why um all that inspiration didn't uh, uh, make you to continue triathlon so my yeah <laughs> swimming was such a no no for me because of my poor technique uh, yeah and i realized that it's going to be very hard for me to correct that technique unless i spend a lot of time mm-hmm. uh, with a good coach you know and this two workouts a day was really stressing me out with my work and family and all that so i decided that that's enough of triathlons right. so i that said let me focus on cycling was always my passion and i loved cycling i said let me focus on cycling mm-hmm. i did a little bit of running as cross training did a few half marathons one full marathon but never really enjoyed it as much as i enjoyed cycling yeah and uh, during this um, training for um the half uh, iron man the running did not uh, the injury did not come back no it didn't fortunately i think by the time i had lost some weight and uh, maybe because of my cycling my you know the muscles around my knee joint were a little stronger and i guess i understood the right ways of you know how to land while you're running footwear pronation supination etc so i think i kind of figured out stuff in the meantime yeah so i was pretty injury free without uh, any issues awesome so that's that's uh, great so that was done and uh, you know you said uh, maybe triathlon is too much for uh, of a time constraint and um, too many things right. to do so you yeah. stuck to cycling right and a little bit of running and little bit of running as a cross training okay so now let's talk about um, uh, spectrum racing when did that right. happen i think that the idea began in 2009 tfn yeah so one of the stages of tfn 2009 after the ride we were all lounging about in the hotel lobby waiting for dinner as all hungry cyclists do uh-huh. at the end of a long day right i think it was the san beteri hotel uh-huh. and we started talking about hey let's start a team and uh, so there was rajesh nair gaurav dwedi ravi ranjan murthy sivasai so that's how we decided and then we were wondering what are we going to name this team i said you know what i think we can get the hospital to be one of the sponsors uh-huh. but calling it uh, after the hospital's name is not going to be kind of it's not going to go on very well with you know the cycling culture and all that right so siva i think said why don't we name it after the physiotherapy unit spectrum we call it spectrum racing so okay that sounds like a good name yeah. and uh, 
we looked at the spectrum logo and it had kind of you know like chain rings two arms going back <laughs> said, yeah that should work right <laughs> so and then dananjay was right there so we said hey dananjay how about we use your uh, do you have any issues with us using spectrum yeah he says not a problem at all you can use the logo and use the name and he was fine with it so we that's how spectrum racing was just born overnight awesome so um that was in 2009 mm-hmm. and uh, we kind of celebrated uh, uh, 10 years of spectrum racing in 2019 uh, that's right with uh, our trip to uh, gdd now 10 years is an awfully long uh, you know time for a team right so what do you think is the you know secret behind uh, the longevity of spectrum racing okay i think one of the things is that we're all good friends yeah and um, i think it's important we have a very democratic process by which we adopt a new team member right and i think everyone is sort of we take everyone's opinion and if everyone's okay with it and comfortable with that new team members only then we we sign up that new team member and we've had many team members in the past who moved overseas now and are no longer active in the bangalore or indian racing scene but they're still part of spectrum yeah so i i call it like hotel california the song where you can check out but you can never leave <laughs> absolutely yeah the other thing is i think we all sort of bond at a very personal level as you know even if we were not riding bikes or racing uh, we would still be good friends yeah that's one of the things i think that's important to keep the team together the other thing is that there's no pressure on anyone to perform at a certain level or to win races or to train in a certain way everyone's pretty much free to do as they wish some of us have been racing actively in the past don't race actively now uh some who haven't been racing actively in the past have started racing and i think yeah after we had additions like you and hari and vicky and vandit and craig and all really has taken the team to a new level especially i have to acknowledge this even though it's your podcast that you've been a massive contributor to the team in so many ways with your uh, inputs and your ability to bring people together and uh, your coaching and the development team so i think all that's kept things very interesting and exciting and there's no pressure really on anyone to you know do a certain amount of volume of training in a certain year or take part in x number of races people have stuff happening in their lives people get married they have kids they have job issues you're free to take a break from cycling and then come back when you think it's okay for you to come back right so yeah i mean thank you for the kind words there but uh, spectrum uh, played a, a huge role in my uh, cycling life as well you know uh, the it is like you say right the, you said uh, hotel california you can uh, leave but never Uh, check out is that yeah check check out but never leave it's how that i see uh, spectrum racing you know as a family uh, we have had uh, uh, riders uh, who are no longer active as in no longer in india 
but have been in touch with us uh, and we got together uh, like we are uh, like we do with family members whenever they are here and celebrated uh, their arrival here and you know and whoever is not actively racing uh, uh, also tend to contribute uh, in various ways um be, be it uh, uh, being there as a support um, uh, during races which is invaluable right um, uh, knowing that you are being taken care of you you would give 100% on the bike and um, th- that way everyone has contributed immensely uh, to the team uh, either uh, doing well on the bike or supporting the team um, off the bike so i think uh, that is uh, that camaraderie being uh, and feeling as a family has what uh, kept the uh, uh, team together for going strong for this long right and things like uh, spectrum development um, also uh, meant that we are not just uh, a bunch of oldies you know having fun on the bike but also try to give back to uh, the community in uh, small ways like supporting uh, young riders uh, that are uh, that need the support uh, when i proposed uh, uh, gagan's name uh, for the spectrum development team uh, you guys you know everyone in the team have uh, has jumped on and appreciated that um, idea and uh, encouraged that you know without that uh, as you said the democratic but it's a democratic process but almost everyone of us uh, is in a similar mindset uh, so that that really helps uh, be it with gagan and uh, now mani uh, being part of uh, uh, the development team everyone um, has contributed to that right when uh, ravi was uh, moving away uh, uh, to a different country he gave his cycle and power meter and everything to gagan so uh, it, all these small things uh, you know supporting the uh, others in uh, many ways that's that's what brings the family together and uh, that's what makes it a family more than a, a cycling team and i think um, uh, it has played a great great role in my uh, cycling um, uh, you know life and in life in general uh, is been great <laughs> uh, being part of the team so great so now let us uh, go back to uh, tfn and um, after 2011 you uh, you did not do in 2012 13 right i didn't take part in 12 13 14 mm-hmm. uh but i had planned to take part in 15 yeah and i think i was probably at the best form of my life in 2015 end and uh, unfortunately i had that crash which right. took me out of tfn that crash in uh, bangalore amateur racing uh, Yeah. Crash. The KTB. Yeah. Right on your birthday. That's right. Oh my God! Yes, I remember the famous. Uh, did you switch off my uh, 
you know strava please garmin <laughs> please please switch off my garmin yeah. <laughs> yes yes i remember that one so yeah you were uh, training uh, at a really high level uh, and you were uh, uh, flying uh, during that time but unfortunately that uh, crash kept you off um yeah. but you did come back in 2016 right that's right <clears throat> and not only come back in 2016 but you won in your category yeah <laughs> yeah tell me a bit about that you know how was that experience so 2016 tfn by then of course tfn had changed because it is it had become very competitive there were a lot more riders from all over the world who were landing up and racing at tfn became much much more well known than it had been in the past and uh, the competitive segments were introduced in 2011 which was the second time i did tfn right um so training went pretty well for the 2016 tfn i would say i was in fairly good shape but then i was up against uh, richard from goa who was a uh, excellent flatlander and uh, the first few days were all flat competitive sections yeah and yeah i was way behind him on the i think about one and a half to 2 minutes behind him on the last day and um the last competitive section which was all the way up to valparai was an amazing tour i mean i have i managed to get up uh, kalahati before him so i got the the red and white jersey for king of kalahati in my category that was nice yeah uti was beautiful as always we had we did a, a fantastic uh, rest day ride so called <laughs> recovery ride <laughs> which uh, where we ended up doing more elevation than we had on i think the first 3 or 4 days <laughs> wow so i i was i was thankfully i was not part of that uh, rest day ride so what happened there a bunch of us just said you know it's it's uti we can't like sleep in the hotel let's go out and do a nice little loop around the hotel and that loop turned out to be like uh, 1000 meter elevation oh, wow on a rest day yeah <laughs> i i remember you were the architect behind that route and i mean lot of people were really cursing you uh, once they got back so i had done that loop uh, during one of srinath rajam's boot camps i think okay. and it was a lovely day. and i really didn't want to miss it for anything because i i had no idea when i would come back to uti and be able to do that loop again right so i managed to convince a bunch of unsuspecting friends and <laughs> <laughs> made them suffer even on the rest day right off so we had a lot of we had a lot of fun uh, anand kapoor was there and gaurav dugal and anubhav and all it was great fun we had lots of fun okay. kkr was Yeah, yeah. So I remember the yeah the Valparai segment was the last competitive segment, and uh, I had a horrible night in the hotel the previous night. So till um, let's pause for a minute. So till that time, um, Richard was leading the general classification in your category in of forty-five plus, and right. b- by almost a couple of minutes. That's right. Although you uh, won the king of kalahati uh, uh, categ- in that category uh, because that was a different segment 
altogether. It doesn't come. It is not. Here. It is not part of the general classification. All right. right. So and now uh, the uh, last day was the Valparai uh, uh, climb, and that was right. the last chance to do well in the GC. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. So we were in Palakkad, I think, in a hotel, and uh, there were three of us in the room, and it was we used to take turns sleeping on the floor bed, and uh, it was it happened to be my turn that night, <laughs> so I was on the floor, um, and there were bed bugs in that mattress, and I I couldn't sleep at all that night. It was oh horrible. my god! Yeah. I was just sleeping the whole night. I was tossing and turning, and I woke up with totally in you know in insufficient sleep. I said, "This is it. I'm going to lose any chance of getting back sometime with Richard." But fortunately, I had you, who was uh, in the same group as me, and you made me sit behind your wheel and not do any work in the front. And as I started riding, things weren't looking so bad. So I thought, you know, I could actually, if I conserve some energy, by the time I get to the start of the CS, I can maybe I can climb pretty well. And then we, I think we planned that I would go first, and then you would follow me. And I think Richard was behind you. And uh, I just said, you know, I'm not going to let Venki catch me, no matter what happens today, because you were flying that TFN yourself. You were in great form, and yeah. you were leading your category. And I just started, and it was just the kind of climb that suited me perfectly. It was a steady five, six percent all the way. Lovely scenery, hairpin bends, good amount of mix of sun and shade. I just loved it. It was my first time on that climb. I was just going, and I didn't see you guys. And I crossed the finish line, and I knew that this was enough. Because you gave it everything, and, yeah. uh... and I, I crossed a lot of people on the climb. Um, I think there was Akhil, um, Vinesh Chavla. um i think um, milam was also there so when i when i crossed all of them i knew that i was doing reasonably well yeah. enough to get past them and i i couldn't see you at all i kept looking back at the hairpins that i had just crossed to look if you were catching up with me and i couldn't see you at all i couldn't see you as well and i was really really happy that i couldn't catch you because i wasn't doing too bad um i i was i was doing okay and by that time uh, i had a sizable lead in the category so i didn't uh, you know i did not need to push really hard but i was trying to uh, you know catch you and maybe you know give you that uh, push but i couldn't see you and uh, richard was uh, behind me he was uh, uh, seeing me constantly and he was thinking Oh, so uh, you know, not too bad. You know, I I was uh, keeping Vinky uh, in the sight, and yeah. yeah, and uh, by the time we got there, and when you told me the time you uh, uh, put on, and I was like, I was so elated. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was as if I I myself have, have won. Um, that was that was a really really uh, good day. Uh, you know, for all of us, and that celebratory lunch at that Almati restaurant <laughs> was icing on the cake. That was that was simply brilliant, unforgettable, amazing stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that 
2016 was a great year for uh, all of us i think uh, at tfn you know you won uh, the blue jersey and the red jersey in your category i did the same in my category and uh, yeah. that was that was fantastic absolutely so did did you do any more tfns after that so that was my last one <laughs> you said i am retiring after this <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that it's just that um, yeah i think other stuff got in the way and we were looking at some races overseas and world masters and all that stuff so i decided yeah. to focus on that yeah let's let's talk about those um how i mean when did this uh, 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 when was your first overseas race it was tour of friendship i think in 20 was it 2015 yeah i think it was 20 when did we all go together as a big group from india that was 2017 so 2016 then was my first uh, overseas race tour of friendship in thailand okay yeah. that, so that... it was, was supposed to be i think a group of five or six people mm-hmm. but everyone eventually pulled out and it was just uh, rajesh nair vivek my brother and i okay in one hotel room in thailand <laughs> how how was that experience it was incredible uh, it was total eye opener in many ways uh, one is the what does not prepare you for anything about thailand is the heat right. uh, <laughs> <laughs> shankar might know a thing or two about that yeah in the middle of summer uh, that oppressive heat in initially in bangkok and then uh, kanchanburi was just unbelievable right uh, but we had heard about that from various people like vivek radhakrishnan and matt barrett who had done the race before so we kind of knew a little bit about what to expect but we were certainly nowhere prepared for that kind of uh, hardship right and even the competition was quite a bit high right Oh yeah, yeah. There was a different level altogether. We were barely making it. At least I wasn't uh, anywhere in the top fifty percent in that race. Right. But but the experience, uh, you know, what made you come back and tell me and the team that you have to do it. I remember <laughs> you telling me particularly saying, "You have to do it, Venky. You have to do it. You won't, you know." Um, i was like outside <laughs> racing outside the country what are you talking about no i i am very happy with you know my bbch and bar races and you know at most pfn yeah, yeah. i am i am winning here i am happy here why do you i want to go and spend money and um, you know raise put yourself all that suffering yes you know <laughs> go go out uh, to other countries and race why would i want to do that but then you ha- you know you said i was you know mainly hesitating for the uh, you know budget and stuff and you said don't worry about it um, you know team team will uh, look after that and basically you uh, took care of it and took me there and oh my god that experience was so amazing that i told myself okay at least once in a year i have to get out of my uh, little pond and travel and 
you know get this experience of riding outside and you know, try to gain that experience and get better there uh, so thanks to you that you know i was able to see a world uh, a completely different kind of world uh, outside uh, you know racing in the sub, uh, outside the subcontinent <clears throat> It was amazing to see the kind of people uh, who came from so many other countries, and uh, the kind of cycling clubs and racing teams that they were part of, and uh, such accomplished uh, athletes. Many of them, you know, we met guys like Ralph and Ralph Sig. Yes, <clears throat> absolutely mind-blowing athletes at the age that they are at, and the kind of fitness levels they are at, and it just—it sort of. Uh, gives you some hope you know that maybe when you get to be their age you, you will be as half as good as they are maybe <laughs> absolutely absolutely inspirational uh, you know people seeing them um, uh, people who are 10 20 years older than you flying by like that you yeah. you definitely uh, get disheartened a bit but also get uh, you know tell yourself yeah i mean if they can do it at their age maybe we have that time to uh, you know uh, keep training keep getting better and maybe get there sometime right actually my first overseas racing experience was at zero dollar mitty in 2014 i think when shankar mohan and all of us went oh But okay that year we didn't do the full zero we did the mini zero which was the the three days after the rest day mm mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah, that was a very, very humbling experience because uh, every single rider on Stelvio dropped me, including uh, some people. Even somebody, someone's pet dog also dropped me. Not <laughs> <laughs> It was just incredible. I mean, women, older men, children just went flying past me on Stelvio, and I came back a completely changed person after that. Thinking, you know. all my cycling experience of 5 years has been zilch compared to what these people have been doing it's just amazing yeah i, I think that sort of triggered the thing to go and see how thailand would turn out complete eye openers they are and you have done a bunch of other uh, events as well right i did the tour of chiang mai in october uh, mm-hmm. the same year as i did tour of friendship so that was 2016 okay and then we all went again to tour of friendship in 2017 right so that was a little better because i was sort of more prepared i was like the senior <laughs> the senior colleague who had done it once at least correct and so so i think vivek was also there and he was also advising people on how to manage their hydration and strategies and all that and then we did uh, gdd last year 2019 right right that uh, even both uh, 2017 uh, tour of friendship um, we went what nearly uh, 23 of 20, us I think. 23 of us that was yeah. that was amazing you know yeah. uh, we ju- it all ju- started with just spectrum and then uh, friends from all over the country uh, you know began asking when we started talking about it and uh, said uh, you know we would also like to uh, join and we ended up with 23 people and all of us i, I still remember that group pick uh, of us together 
it was amazing it was amazing it was good because we got a few podiums also craig and russell won podiums in their categories yeah uh, very yeah. satisfied friends of ours standing on the podium at an international race amazing amazing great experience and again uh, last year gdd uh, it was it was ex- it was an amazing experience uh, for me it was the first time in a place like that uh, i was completely uh, blown away the the number of people it yeah. uh, nearly 600 participants being in that peloton be, yeah. being in that in that peloton was like wow where am i am i in that uh, we only saw you know that big a group in uh, in tv like uh, even uh, tdf even and grand tours don't have such grand, big pelotons even grand tours don't have that big pelotons right we are, uh, almost 1 1.5 kilometer uh, uh, of uh, big pelotons yeah. right that was simply amazing um, and being able to ride in those groups uh without you know and holding our own that was that was something you know that was a good achievement uh, and i i felt proud as you know a spectromite and uh, you know uh, you did really well also many of the competitive sections you did excellently well i i i managed all right i think uh, towards the la- later half of the yeah, tour towards the later half i think you had initially you had ankle issues and then as the tour yeah. went on you strength and strength ankle issues and mental issues and then i got better <laughs> but it was a great experience that was really good riding in that part of the world is just un- unbelievable i mean the the dolomites are such a monumental uh, mm-hmm. natural creation that it's just it just takes your breath away when you take a u turn and you suddenly this massive rock mm-hmm. piece of rock comes out in front of you and takes your breath away oh my god those views those views are amazing what what is your i mean we have done a tour of binton as well in between right that's right yeah that, that that's the one i i went twice i think twice or thrice and that that was great and that is a great event as well But out of all these events what what do you like most i would say uh, dolomites number 1 giro del dolomite yeah and next i would probably put uh, chiang mai chiang mai beautiful ride okay yeah, really pretty all right and very well organized uh, lovely little place to stay chiang mai is a nice little town lots of nice coffee cafes which always attracts me yeah <laughs> so the i mean that is one uh, uh, one constant uh, feature of all these events right they are incredibly well organized uh, yeah. be it tour of friendship uh, i was blown away by the level of uh, organization uh, then my next one was tour de bintan very very well organized again and uh, uh, gdd dolomites oh my god yeah. that that is another level of different level altogether different level altogether 650 people is just unbelievable 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 so i am i'm so uh, mind blown by the level of uh, you know detail detailing they do uh, the level of comfort the, we we feel as a rider there 
despite the number of uh, participants it is really really commendable mm. but i so you you rate uh, Chang, uh, gdd and then chiang mai and then what is there on the list what's next on the list yeah or what's of what next on the list of your favorites among those you have them i would have to say friendship and then bintan yeah okay i i would rate uh, bintan uh, and then friendship uh, just because uh, i think bintan there is a chance of for us to do well uh, while to tour of friendship the number of climbs i mean i do i don't see myself uh, you know doing well there at all but you n- never say never right but uh, maybe one day we'll uh, go there and prove ourselves wrong by doing well let's see but they changed the venue for the friendship tour also so maybe this is a better time to try it okay it's going to be later on in the year less hot different okay. part of thailand so good yeah. chance let's see let's see and uh, what what is um, what do you want what is on your bucket list so to speak okay bintan obviously is on my bucket list yeah uh, because we missed it in 2020 because of the and pandemic that's right yeah. and then of course uh, trying to qualify for the world masters whenever that happens next right and then there is another race that i've been looking at uh, which is a gravel bike race in iceland mhm drift ah good kilometer gravel bike race through the volcanoes okay what is it called the rift the rift okay yeah. interesting but i think i'm a little bit uh, away from that i still haven't bought my gravel bike i still haven't explored gravel bike racing that much and then of course the other climbs definitely some races or maybe a few how route events in switzerland something okay. that on on my mind but still not yet fully materializing how route is a great event as well right yeah. yeah yeah that is something i might like you know want to do as well but let's see now um in middle of all this you had a couple of injuries as well right more than a couple yeah but let's say let's call it a couple for now <laughs> <laughs> so i mean um at least you were operated on uh twice that's correct. That correct so when was this 2014 and 2018 two spine surgeries spine surgeries 2014 and 2018 2018 so by the uh, how did that happen in 2014 the first one 2014 was uh, i was on holiday and i had a slip disc while i was on holiday okay uh, i think uh, kayaking a little bit of kayaking sort of precipitated the problem and i was in lonavla and i had to be driven back uh, with my wife in an ambulance 16 hours back to bangalore Wow. um and i was operated the next morning wow so completely yeah everything went well and i recovered pretty quickly so it was a disc prolapse 
you're saying correct and these are the kind of uh, issues you operate on yeah regularly regularly okay what 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 do you think um, uh, it i mean is it a possibility that uh, something that happened on the uh, holidays that um, uh, caused it or was it something that was building up over a period of time i think it was something that was building up because i had a few episodes of really bad back pain earlier that year so okay. probably i was my disc was getting damaged or had been damaged over a period of time and then that particular event sort of caused it to get acutely bad okay to the point where i couldn't walk and couldn't use the restroom wow so i had to i had no other option but to undergo surgery at that point wow so um i mean what could have caused that was it like uh, uh, the workload or what what could have caused that so i think it's a combination of two or three factors one is uh, being a surgeon standing for long hours bending over a patient it does put stress on your spine okay second is uh, i think cycling to some extent may also contribute because of our position on the bike okay and third is i think just inadequate knowledge about good core and core strengthening correct posture all these factors i think are major contributors to why i had that right so having a good core uh, taking care of uh, you know core strength and everything else um, would have uh maybe avoided that uh be it uh, due to the work or cycling or whatever you know if you had uh taken care of your core strength and everything else uh, you would maybe have avoided that okay and um, how was it coming back from uh you know you by that time you were riding well you were uh, you know you you participated in uh, maybe even a gdd by that time i think right and uh, uh, from that to being not being able to go to bathroom as well right how how did you take it so i i recovered surprisingly i recovered pretty well from the surgery okay i was back to work in in time and uh, managed to get back on the bike in i think less than a month of course baby steps to begin with right. and uh, i think i did my first race in april 2015 that year wow so following year following year the surgery was in december 2014 december 2014 and april uh, 2015 you were back racing yeah i How think it was the- it's uh, which ended it was on was it on hyderabad highway yeah i think it was on hyderabad highway where roni and uh, inot were in the breakaway right right and then we were all trying to chase them and i think we ended and we had the podium at decathlon on hyderabad highway yeah yeah awesome 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 so but uh, do you think you were uh, training as a spine surgeon and uh, uh, everything help you get back quickly oh yeah definitely okay i mean one is having a good knowledge of the anatomy of the spine and 
you know, what you can do and what you can't do and what can hurt you and all that really helped mm-hmm. uh, for me to understand what I was going through. Second is having great physio support from Spectrum and team. Right. Uh, physio and team was invaluable in helping me get back on my feet. And mm-hmm. yeah, just being, uh, you know, careful and at the same time, a little adventurous and smart about how to go about it was, I think, key to a quick recovery. Yeah. Excellent. So, and uh, you had a sec- second um, uh, surgery in 2018. Yeah. How, how did that happen? So it was again the same issue, uh, a recurrent disc slip disc. Okay. I think that probably got precipitated by my safari in Africa because it was, you know, the roads, the jeep, the long hours and thing. So I, maybe that's the reason why. Mm-hmm. But this time it was uh, a little more serious and I had to have titanium screws <laughs> inserted into my ah. spine to stabilize that, that part of the spine. Wow. Titanium, huh? It did, yeah. not, go, it did not go for carbon. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, not many carbon options in that field. <laughs> right. So it was, uh, when, when was this? In 2018? Like July 2018, and yeah. uh, when was uh, when were you able to get back to riding? So I remember when my when I was in hospital and my wife asked my spine surgeon, who's who happens to be a good friend, uh, he said she's so he asked him when can he get back to cycling because that's going to be the big question that he's going to ask. So we need to know when we can let him go back on his bike, and uh, he said, oh, he can go back tomorrow if he wants. <laughs> Was he serious? No, he was. I, he was dead serious, actually. Wow. <laughs> but then it was, yeah, it was a kind of a semi, semi jocular statement, and uh, he said, "Yeah, two three weeks rest is probably enough, and you can get back." So then, you know, having an indoor trainer and a good setup at home helps. So you can, you know, I just tested myself thirty minutes, forty five minutes, one hour, and then gradually built up from there. Okay. I think yeah, about. It was a, the recovery wasn't as easy as the previous time. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of muscle tightness in the hips and in the spine. And so I really had to do a lot and a lot of stretching and physio and, you know, to sort of help me get back to even close to what I was before all this started. Okay. But yeah, it happened eventually. Wow. So how, how was it to kind of, uh, you know, time and again, you, at least twice now that um, uh, and numerous times including uh, you know a couple of crashes and uh, that that crash in uh, where you had a pelvic fracture right uh, and you had 2015 yeah. 2015 so um, all these injuries and surgeries um, you were able to uh, get back in four weeks, five weeks, like that. But uh, you would have lost a lot of form during that uh, time. And how was it? How was the experience of getting back into, uh, you know, something uh, of a form where you are not loathing yourself and cursing yourself for, uh, you know, being so bad at it again? Yeah, that's always a difficult thing to do. Uh, If you have a long break for whatever reason, 
whether right. it's injury or other reasons uh it's always difficult to you know get the courage to get back on your bike and then realize that you've lost so much of fitness in this right. short period of time because it's so easy to lose fitness quickly but right. it's so difficult to get it back and um, yeah it's it's humbling but at the same time you you have to sort of i mean having done it a few times it's a lot easier now but <laughs> what <laughs> are the what are the few things that for the first time it's kind of hard yeah sorry i interrupted you sorry so what were the f- few things that you um, learned in the process like maybe that others can uh, benefit from uh, say what are the things you got to keep in mind when coming back from uh, an injury or a, a layoff of reasonably long time uh, to start over and get back into uh, your activity what to understand that you know you're after all human and your body understanding your body is really important right you know when to back off when to be able to push yourself a little bit so kind of figure out when your fitness begins to start improving that you know you can start maybe pushing yourself one or two days a week mm-hmm. and then see how that goes you know and then gradually build it up from there so listen to your body very very important mm-hmm. don't just blindly push yourself looking at numbers try to understand how your body is reacting to the training stress and then ramping it up slowly and not really ex, you know being impatient with yourself and right. being in a hurry to get to a certain race at a certain point and wanting to do extremely well and then hurting yourself in the process right and being willing to really accept that there are going to be bad days yeah that's really important that you know you go out one day expecting that you're going to have an amazing ride because you did an amazing ride 5 days ago and you could very well have a horrible ride that day and feel miserable at the end of it you could be having cramps you could be extremely tired you could be having all kinds of issues but to stay you know it's part of the process right and accept it and say let's look beyond today and yeah. keep going basically not give up basically not give up look at the longer picture and uh, stay stay with the process believe in the process yeah. gradually um, ramping up the load and not expecting yourself to be at the same level you are before and you know being kind with yourself and yeah. you know kind and understanding to yourself and your body and respecting that i think working with a coach also at that time is very very important so even though i had injuries and had time off the bike i really didn't stop Uh, working with a coach mm-hmm. and uh, that i think helped me understand you know where i can begin and how hard i can when i can go hard and when i can when i should go easy right that is very crucial i think in helping me recover quickly yes and when you are working with a coach i think the communication between you and the coach uh, is very important especially in the situation like that because um you can listen to your body and the coach can listen to you and so you have to be able to communicate that to your coach while he w- he is suggesting something as well right so so that there is no if there is no uh, communication there if there is no communication like that it might not work as well 
very very good points yeah yes 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 so <clears throat> we amid all these um last year you turned 50 and uh, you s- did something uh, i categorize as crazy uh, or you decided you want to ki- uh, climb nandi 50 times before you turn 50 how how did that th- thought come in well i mean 50 being a sort of milestone year yeah i decided that i have to make it memorable many people make it memorable by buying a house or buying a car or throwing a big party but for me cycling being the passion it is i said it has to be something to do with cycling right and of course being in bangalore nandi is our favorite uh, weekend destination our pilgrimage so i said let's i thought about it i think i talked to you and i talked to dipankar and i looked at the calendar sometime in um maybe july or something to see whether i could try and fit in 50 climbs before i turn 50 i spoke to my wife i asked her whether you think it's a good idea she said yeah maybe you can you should give it a shot it's possible and uh, then i thought of doing whether i can do 50 climbs in the month that i was going to turn 50 because i was turning 50 in the end of the month so i thought can i do 50 climbs in that one month and then it looked like it was going to be too difficult to do that so i sort of pulled it back a bit and i said let's start in august right and then i had like two and a half three months almost to uh, hit that milestone and that seemed more doable because at the time i was still running the hospital and i still had a full time job and i still had to operate and see patients and run the administration so it i couldn't obviously take a break from all of that for a whole month right so i decided to uh, i would start in august and try and see if i can do two rides every week and maybe do a some multiple climbs on each ride and we sort of pace it out a little bit and it looks like i got to the target well in time yeah you did um i remember accompanying you uh, on a few of those rides um yeah. I mean, I was struggling to climb, uh, <laughs> but I wanted to give you company, so I I hauled myself, uh, you know, there. Um, but it was it was uh, truly inspiring to uh, you know uh, wa- watch you do that. Um, did you have um, any days where you said, "Man, why am I doing this?" Yeah, of course they were. <laughs> there were even days when i had planned to go and climb nandi a couple of times or three times that day and i just cancelled at the last minute but there were not many of those there was just one or two of them i think yeah but pretty much uh, like metronomic regularity we would uh, do the wednesday and the saturday rides to nandi and like at least do two climbs if not three right and one of the days uh, all the climbs we rode from home except one of the days where i had to drop my daughter to to school so that was the day i drove till the turn off and then we did i think three or maybe four climbs that day yeah four so, climbs yeah yeah that was incredible that was incredible the i i think uh, um, the last time uh, we got there we did a bar event and yeah, organized the bar event that day and um, i think nearly um what 40 people uh, were there to celebrate your 50th climb 
that that was so great to see you know that's that's great about our bengaluru um, cycling community it it is there to support you uh, in so many uh, ways uh, that was also a, a race where we raised funds for giving back yes 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 giving back yeah let us let us talk about giving back uh, right what how did um, that start so uh, because tfn was very kind to us and they said since your medical partners you can sponsor one rider to ride tfn as a you know without the registration fee um and so in 2013 our teammate gautam raja said i would like to ride tfn as a sponsored rider mm-hmm. and then we came up with this uh, of course as being a sponsored rider but also riding for charity right Gautam Raja happened to be born at the same hospital that I was running. Right. And uh, for him it was a special thing because he said I'm going to ride as a sponsored rider for this hospital and uh raise funds to do some charitable work because we have a charitable trust that does, you know, help people who are in need and we've been doing it for 50 odd years. Right. That's mostly in the field of maternity and child care. Correct. And uh to my my mind we were looking at what we can do to help patients who had spine problems so a lot of patients used to come to me in my clinic who needed spine surgery and uh, many of them were from not very privileged backgrounds mm-hmm. so they were all breadwinners of the family they were in severe pain or disability they did need uh, surgery as quickly as possible to put them back on their feet and to be go back and earn their daily wage but the the gap was that one is they didn't have the money to get treated at a private hospital mm-hmm. and uh, the second was there was a long waiting period at the government hospitals right so somehow i thought you know with this program we can bridge that gap so gautam became the first rider to ride as a charity rider for giving back mm-hmm. i think in that year he raised about a lakh a lakh lakh and a half and uh, then we began this program in 2014 because when he came he came back from tfn in december and then we started this giving back program right so that was very satisfying uh, because we were using the best technology and the best available resources for the most underprivileged of people who couldn't afford it and uh, it was i mean nothing can beat the gratitude of a happy patient ever and the smile that they can it it's worth way more than any kind of money absolutely absolutely so that's how uh, giving back started and uh, continued doing it over the years um and right. and that uh, 2014 is when uh, vivek vivek bateja wrote and yeah. 2015 we were supposed to write together as brothers Correct. for charity uh-huh. Uh, unfortunately i had the crash and i was out of tfn but that's the year that we raised uh, 10 lakhs right which was a massive step up for us in terms of fundraising correct uh, and then over the years yeah 2016 i think uh, dipankar road one of the years shankar road one of the years murthy road one of the years so yeah we've raised now close to about overall about nearly 30 lakhs since 2014 and mm. so far we have done about 250 surgeries through that program 
Amazing, amazing. So, two thousand two hundred and fifty um, underprivileged breadwinners of a family were able to get back, uh, and you know, from debilitating injuries to going back to work and you know, yeah. taking care of the families because of this yeah. program. Amazing, amazing. And you know, I I'm grateful. Uh, you know that I was. Uh, i played a little part um, by contributing a little bit uh, through those uh, races uh, i I'm, i'm really really bar happy yeah. yeah bar races that was that was really good sport and um, your profession how do you compare how how did sport help your profession in many ways actually um, mm. the obvious ones being that you know you're fitter um going out on a bike ride or taking a break and going doing a bike race or a bike tour refreshes your soul in many ways and then you come back more energized and motivated to do well at your profession mm-hmm. so that's the obvious thing yeah but in neurosurgery and spine surgery in particular i think uh, there's a amazing connect between cycling and neurosurgery if you ask me a uh, very often in cycling you come across a very tough situation and this can really apply to any profession you come across a tough situation where you feel like you need to give up you can't go on like you're cramping or your hands are numb you're tired you're exhausted you're out of water you're dehydrated you're not you're undernourished whatever it is but somehow you especially during things like tfn multi stage races like the giro dolomiti you somehow gather the strength and say you know i've been training so hard for all this i've given up so much for all this yeah i've sacrificed yeah. my time with my family i've sacrificed my rest i've sacrificed everything to be here and i just can't say that i'm throwing in the towel right and the same thing applies in neurosurgery when you have a difficult situation sometimes you have a difficult situation in the operating room where there's some massive bleeding or There's some other problems with the tumor, or the brain is swelling, or things are unstable. But you have to just sort of say, gather yourself, and say, you know, I come here to do this, and I just got to get through it. And sometimes you have difficulties with a patient um, in the ward who's undergone surgery or who's having a complication, and that time you just have to grit your teeth and say, you know, we're here to do something, and we're here to do our best, and it doesn't matter what the outcome is, but we have to give it our all. Right. and i think there's a huge connect there and i think one draws inspiration from the other you know cycling draws inspiration from neurosurgery and neurosurgery draws inspiration from cycling so they kind of feed off each other and it's a great uh, synergy between the two really absolutely amazing amazing so i i want to um, see what how i mean what is your typical day like um, and how how do you manage doing you know what you do so i honestly believe that unless you plan your day the day before um at least the most essential parts of course you can't predict everything but at least the most essential parts so i think it's for me it's crucially important that if i'm going to be uh planning a workout tomorrow i need to know about it today and i need to plan for it in advance so i need to know what kind of workout i'm doing how long it's going to be uh what time i need to start to be able to finish on time and get to work on time 
and that sort of thing. So my day usually begins at about five o'clock or so in the morning, four thirty, five o'clock. So I get on the bike by about five thirty, latest by six. Typically a sixty to ninety minute workout. Then I I do need to spend some time with my back and my stretching and my core. Otherwise, you know, I will probably end up having a third spine surgery, which I would <laughs> like to avoid. Right. <laughs> and uh, then I then I get to work and work days. Um, four days out of six will be surgical days. Sometimes six out of six. So do the surgery then. uh see my inpatients talk to families do my outpatients when i was running sita bateja hospital it used to be then meetings uh quality control infection control and then outpatients after that and then preparing for the next day's surgery pre op and all that stuff so yeah so it was a full day right so get to work at about 8 8:30 maybe in the morning and go on all the way to about 6:37 in the evening and then come back home have your evening meal and then spend some time either reading or watching youtube videos on road cycling spending <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a little time with the family and then getting to bed as early as possible right and the cycle continues yeah oh very good very good so uh, what one can take um take away from this is that planning for the next day and uh, and then executing it accordingly that is yeah, avin john has said this that your your day begins the evening before actually so exactly. whether it's surgery or it's cycling it doesn't matter so mm. i mean i have to plan what surgery i'm doing tomorrow today i can't mm. plan it tomorrow because you need preparation you need the patient to be prepared you need certain investigations you need certain materials to be available in the operating room at the time when you're doing the surgery certain mm-hmm. equipment yeah and that so it's important to plan everything the day before so that your next day is smooth and structured and it is the same with a workout you need to know the day before so that you are mentally prepared maybe you know get your nutrition hydration ready for the next day and stuff like that absolutely absolutely okay so i think i think that's that's a great tip i think lot of a uh, uh, lot of us can benefit from that any more tips you uh, can think of for um, working athletes who are busy and trying to manage uh, um, their activities in a day of course there are, there are several i mean being a working athlete is a huge challenge in itself you have your family first of all that you're supposed you have to you know pay attention to and give them adequate time and attention as far as possible you have your uh, profession and then you have your sport which is your passion right so giving adequate time to all three baskets and balancing out all of them is not an easy challenge at all yeah. um of course one does get better as one learns to juggle these three baskets mm-hmm. but there are going to be times when one is going to detract you from the other i mean you're going to have a family member who's sick you're going to have issues with kids schools or exams or parent teacher meetings or whatever it is Right. uh you got to have issues with your profession where things have become suddenly very demanding 
but it's important that uh, you realize when you can get time out of these other two things that you can spend uh, working on your passion. So there are going to be good days and there are going to be bad days. So don't be hard on yourself. Don't stress too much because the good days will come. Right. It can't be all sunsets. There have to be sunrises as well. Yeah. And uh, you know, keep the faith. Go with the process. Uh, when you are when you're in trouble, don't be afraid to reach out to a coach or a friend who can advise you. And you know, learning how to manage your time uh, when you're a working athlete, I think, is crucially important. That's why that planning is so important. Right. That you plan this night because if you wake up the next morning and start thinking about what I'm going to do today on the bike, it's not going to happen. Yeah. So for the time crunched cyclist, I think that structure is really important. Yeah. Uh, using you know the right kind of workouts so that you yeah. get the maximum bang for the buck on the bike is also important. You're not wasting a lot of time doing junk stuff on the bike. You know, it's like riding around for two hours at uh, zone two, zone three. Right. Instead, you have um, and also, you know, you know, fixing, you know, kind of prioritizing your goals for the year. Right. Like what races are important to you, and then working up towards those races with the right kind of structure and workouts. These are all very important tips, and I think there's, not, there's no rocket science behind all this. It's pretty straightforward. But yeah, these are the tried and tested methods that one needs to use. Absolutely. Great tips, uh, Skipper. Uh, it's been great, great talking to you on this, the first episode of the Working Athlete Podcast. Uh, it's been an amazing, amazing uh, couple of hours. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Venki. And I, uh, it's been, a, it's, it's a great initiative, I think, uh, this Working Athlete Podcast, especially in these COVID times when people are working from home, I think is all the more relevant. And I'm sure you'll do a great job as always. Your your writing skills and your storytelling skills are legendary already in the cycling world. And I'm sure this will just uh, be another addition, another feather in your cap. Thank, Thank you, you so much for having me on the show.